What's up, everybody? It's Monday, and God is still on the throne. He is still listening. He is still watching over each of us. I pray that today you would pause for a moment and just say, Here I am, Lord. Send me. In other words, I surrender myself to your will, Lord. Use me today. Let me bring honor and glory to your name. Let me make a kingdom impact today. The devil and his minions are hard at work causing chaos and wreaking havoc in this world. But we serve a God that is greater. Remember the devil and his fallen angels still require God's permission. And as we will see in today's message, they must submit to the authority of Jesus. Though we may not always understand why God allows certain things to happen, we can never forget that he still he is still on the throne and has full control and has placed all authority over everything in the hands of Jesus. Don't ever let the enemy fool you with his lies. He still submits to the authority of Jesus and he has no power that God has not granted him. So always remember when you face the enemy, you have the supreme authority on your side and the forces of darkness cannot override him who fights for you. In today's message or episode titled Bad for Business, we see Jesus give the people a choice, love him or their wealth. Jesus goes into a Gentile country and shows them the saving and transformative power of God and they ask him to leave. Why? They were afraid of him and the power he possessed, and he was bad for business, as you will see shortly. When we fail to see Jesus for who he is, we often miss the lesson he is trying to teach. In this story, like all others others involving Jesus, Jesus is working on many levels or accomplishing many things at the same time. So let's jump into the miracle Jesus performed when he cast out the legion of demons into the herd of pigs. In Mark 5, 1 through 20, it says, They went across the lake to a region of the Gerasenes, which I hope I pronounced that correctly. But it says, When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit or an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him any more, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained in hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs, he would he would um, cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him, And he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. Some translations, like in uh, Luke, Actually, in the Gospel of Luke, it refers to it as him saying not to send him into the abyss. Um, But anyway, moving on. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the evil spirit came out and went into the pigs. The herd of about 2,000 in number rushed down the steep bank and into the lake where they drowned. Those 
tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside and the people went out to see what had happened when they came to jesus they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind and they were afraid those who had been who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon possessed man and told them about the pigs as well Then the people began to plead with Jesus to please leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. This is one of my favorite miracles of Jesus for many reasons, but I will save that for another time. Let's hit some important points from this passage and finish it up with why Jesus was bad for business. This story starts out with a man who was clearly demon-possessed because who else would live in a tomb? Nevertheless, they make it as a, they make it, you know, as a point to mention how powerful this demon was and how he could not, no one could bind him. And the, you know, the chains and the irons couldn't hold him. He would just break them off. No one was strong enough to subdue him until Jesus shows up. When Jesus arrives, you quickly see who is stronger and who has the authority of God. In verses 6 through 10, this powerful legion of demons, whom no one could control, sees the Son of the Most High and immediately submits to his authority. This shows us that the mere presence of Jesus causes even the most powerful forces of darkness to, to become subdued and submit to his authority. And when we realize that this authority, we have this authority, when we walk in the name of Jesus, we will fear not. This demon-possessed man had been terrifying the people in that area, but he was also hurting himself. You know, he was cutting himself with stones and things like that. Jesus has compassion on this man and sets him free and restores his life. But more on that in a minute. In verses 6 through 10, you see even the demons beg Jesus in God's name, in God's name, don't torture me. Matthew records them as saying, Have you come to torture us before the appointed time? They knew and still know that there is an appointed time coming that they will be judged and punished for eternity. I bring this up just to remind us that when they remind you of your sin or past, remind them of their future. Now, you know they're in Gentile country simply because of the fact that there's a herd of pigs on a hillside nearby and the Jews would not have anything to do with pigs. You know, they were seen as unclean according to the Jewish law and were prohibited, you know, from touching them or really having anything to do with them. Also, the word uh, used at the end caused the area the Decapolis. The Decapolis was a group of 10 cities which included uh, the area he was in that formed a Hellenistic or Greco-Roman confederation uh, or league located south of the Sea of Galilee in the Transjordan area. So we know they were a poly- polytheistic uh, people who worshipped, of course, the Greek gods. This is small but important because this creates the lens through which uh, they see and respond to Jesus. 
when dealing with the Greek gods, they would have seen them as self-serving. I mean, if you've ever studied the Greek gods, you know that they were a, they were self-serving gods. They they were going to take care of themselves first, um, and you know really didn't care much about if they hurt you know mankind. So they were not you know one to bestow compassion, grace, or mercy. They were more likely to punish or cause chaos for the people. It is possible they would have seen the destruction of the flock of pigs as some kind of punishment. It, it, you know, it says that they were afraid. If they were used to believing in Greek mythology, it is very understandable why they you know, were afraid and probably thought that Jesus was going to cause them more trouble and chaos. Then they simply could not see Jesus for who he was. Grace and compassion would have been foreign to them, but they ultimately chose their wealth and way of life over Jesus. And they asked him to leave. And as far as you know, we know he never went back there. Jesus will not force someone to believe in him. The Bible says that he stands at the door and knocks. He waits for you to invite him in. He doesn't knock the door down and force his way in. You know, these people saw an entire herd of pigs, roughly 2,000, be destroyed when he cast out the legion of demons. That would have made a serious dent in someone's pocket. But They saw that and gave no concern to the man who had been set free. Jesus was showing them that a man's life was more valuable to God than their money or livestock. How would you respond if Jesus wrecked your business but used it to save a man's life or set him free? What if if that man was someone you didn't like or maybe despised? Certain industries and businesses have made sin big business and would never allow Jesus into their area because he would be bad for business. Because for many, their way of life, wealth, fame, etc. are too important. And like the rich man that couldn't bring himself to sell everything and follow Jesus, neither could these people embrace Jesus because they could not get past what they, what they saw as important in order to realize who it was speaking to them. The author of life life itself stood before them, but they couldn't see it. Jesus is good as always, and even though he was bad for their business, he did not leave empty-handed. He planted a seed in the one man that he set free, and that one man went out declaring Jesus and what Jesus had done for him, and the people were amazed, and the good news of Jesus was spread. There are several different uh, messages within this passage, but you know today I wanted to bring these points to the forefront. Number one, Jesus is the supreme authority, and even the forces of darkness submit to him and are subdued. This is the you know number two. This is the authority that we walk in when we walk in the name and in the power of Jesus. Number three, God values our you know, he values us over anything else. Number four, Jesus will not force you to believe in him. He always gives us a choice. And they chose their way of life, wealth, or possessions over him. He never leaves empty-handed. The people may have rejected him, but the man he set free wanted to follow him, and Jesus sent him out to spread the word. And then lastly, if Jesus is bad for business, you might want to look at getting out of that business. If what you do today impacts even one life, count yourself blessed and anointed and let God receive the glory and honor. 
Jesus traveled across the Sea of Galilee ultimately to reach one person, and it was worth it. And I am sure that the, that man was grateful. Be a blessing to someone today and let God use you to make a difference, even if it is only in one life. Thank you, God, for your word and for your grace and mercy. You are a merciful God and your goodness knows no end. I am grateful that you called me out of the darkness and that you are always faithful. Jesus, you are the breath of life and the authority over all. You are the author and finisher of, the, of our faith. Thank you that, that in you we have the power to overcome darkness. The devil cannot hold us for you have set us free and what you have set free, whom you have set free is free indeed. Let us walk in the victory and in the power of your name. Let the enemy know his days are numbered and your people will not live in fear. You know, for we are more than conquerors. Be with all those walking through the valleys, through the fires, those in, you know, the deep waters. I pray that they find rest and strength in you. God, pour out your favor on your people and let us shine a light into the darkness so that we might show, you know, the way for those who are lost. Let us make a difference in at least one life today, and we will give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Amen.